On this week's episode of The Selling Podcast, we are back for the final episode with Fred Mady. Now, as we're starting, hopefully you've heard the past three episodes. Last week's episode was fantastic. It was talking about 35 potential areas, accounts that you can look into to increase your sales. What we discussed was about a map board. If you haven't had a chance to take care and look at your map board, we highly encourage you to do so. What you're going to do is you're going to put down all of your accounts and then on the top line going horizontally, you're going to write every single product that you potentially deliver. And then you're going to go down the list of accounts in column A. Does this person take advantage of this service that we offer? And you're either going to put a yes or a no or check yes and then leave it blank. Then what you'll do is you'll go back and you'll take a look and the blanks will be able to highlight your areas of opportunity. As you do this, you will see 25 top accounts where you can go just add a little bit of value. As you do this, this will help you make your quota. Fred shares some statistics we're going to get into. One thing that we're going to talk about, though, this week is about what are the absolutes that a top performing sales rep must do? What are some of those key things? Fred shares his 13 absolutes. We encourage you to take a look and figure out what your own absolutes are. On this week's episode, we continue and finalize with Fred Mady. All right, we're recording. With over 50 years and millions of worldwide traveled miles between the two of us, we have tasted defeat and relished in sweet, sweet victory. Looking for inspirational entertainment, motivation, and practical insights to drive your business? Welcome to The Selling Podcast. When you have the opportunity, you're lucky enough to go in front of a company and speak to their sales force. It's a lot of fun to sit up there and start, you know, doing your early banter with the with the team. And you, who's the top guy? Everybody kind of, you know, points at a certain person. Who's the newest rep out here? And you're standing up there and you're saying, oh, I got to do a presentation with somebody who just started the business this week and somebody that's been doing it for 25 years. How does that resonate? How? How does somebody stand up in front of a group? Where's and the middle ground? Get the juices flowing. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got you can't do middle ground because the, it's like politics. Everybody on the other side's will leave you, and so you got to embrace the whole thing. And so, I I had one rep ask me after a presentation, "Hey, I loved your presentation. I think I took some real value out of it. But tell me, what are the top things you believe in?" And I love that because I was like, "Okay, what are my absolutes?" You know, an, an absolute a value or principle that is regarded as universally valid, right? That's an absolute. And so we look at these absolutes and we say, okay, how does this apply to my life? And what I tell everybody, these are Fred's absolutes. I highly encourage everybody to write your own, right? And so number one for me is JDI. My number one absolute is JDI. And it's just do it. Whatever you're struggling with, whatever the problem is, whatever your delay is, whatever you're working on, just do it. Start there. Because I can't tell you how many successful reps I know in the field who just show up. They're just <laughs> but, but I, to go but I out, need a better office chair, show. Fred. I need, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe not. Just do it. Put aside, because when you start talking to reps, and I love the 90-day evaluation of your first sales rep or your first sales principal team, and you sit down and you can immediately tell because it starts with either excuses or it starts with successes. And so if it starts with excuses, 
I stop them and say, well, just what have you done? Before we go there, what have you done? And so when it starts with successes, they tell me what they've done. So it really is JDI. Just do it. Number two, we talked a little bit about it, and that's know thyself, right? Is and, and I think Scott, you said it that you really can't fake it, right? I mean, if you if you if you're not comfortable who you are, it's going to show up. And so you really got to know who you are, and then know where you are in the process, right? Am I a new rep? Say it, embrace it, use it, engage it. I'm a new rep. I may not know the answers to your questions, but I'm here. I'm present. I'm JDIing it. And so help me help you because I will. This is my goal. Know who you are, the season rep. If you're that season rep, understand don't rest on your seasons, right? Don't rest on all your successes. Stop yourself, reevaluate where you are and where you want to go. If you're happy where you are, great. Stay there. Right. All you got to do is convince the company to keep you. But if you're not, figure out a strategy to get to the next mountain. You've already climbed mountain A. Let's look at mountain B. And how fun is it going to be to swing a sword going uphill again as opposed to defending every day? So know who yourself. Know if you're an A rep, a B rep and a C rep. And to me, those are real, real things. And I think as managers, as company owners, as people, you ought to be able to, the minute I ask you what kind of rep they are, you should be able to tell me if they're A, B, or C. And, you know, briefly, A reps, they're, you know, they're often above quota. Uh, they know every customer opportunity. They have their territories blueprinted. They've got to manage out completely. They can explain the why in everything. Why is this customer buying from us? Why aren't the customers buying from us? Why are you at 115% of quota? Why are you at 85% of quota? They can explain everything. They know their territory. They're multi-focused and aligned with their priorities, their values, in association with their company's priorities and their company's values. And they bring value to everyone. And who's everyone? The customer, in our case, the patient, the doctor, the clinic, the organization, the, the regional manager, their, their support, their uh, subreps, uh, the company. They bring value to everybody. That's my A-Rep. And you know it. You know who they are. I can literally ask any company when I go in and did this distributor consulting and I go into distributorship. Hey, send me out your list of reps and rank them for me top to bottom right away. And so I said, well, so tell me about your B reps, right? They're often close to quota, right? They're, they have a fair knowledge of their territory. They accept excuses of why they're not hitting territory numbers, right? They're not hitting the numbers. It'll make them. There's nothing accept. wrong with us, Fred. There's nothing wrong with us. Leave us alone, Fred. Leave us alone. Just let us be. I'm going to tell you that, that if you look at any organization, the bulk of revenue they have comes in from their B reps. It's crazy. I mean, the 80 20 yeah. rule, right? So you got this certain group of A guys that are driving big numbers. Then you have this massive load of B reps. And, you know, they're singular focused, lots of volume but missing the business of the business. That's your B rep, right? They, they, they're going to go to work every day. They're going to go ask the customers the questions, but they're just missing a few things that as a manager, we want to focus on those. Too often we go and focus on the C rep. When the B rep, if we could just nudge them along in one or two of the deficiencies, they become A reps. And so if we end up with 40% A reps, wow, we've really got, we're, we're hitting on all cylinders with our company. 
And I don't afraid, need to if, play my, if my quota was lower, then I would become an A rep. Yeah, it's so great though, because it's not only about a quota, <laughs> right? It's Correct. about value. Which, which is the common mentality. If my quota was just a little bit lower, then I would be an A rep. It's like, no, that's not, it's not the quota that makes you an A or a B rep. And you know, what makes you an A or B rep is the quality of your manager. You want to know the truth? If you want really? to know how to become a better rep, find a better manager. And if you're a manager and you got a bunch of C reps, it's not your reps. So we have to have a whole different conversation about managers and what they're doing in the field because they're accepting certain behaviors and allowing certain things to take place that they're settled. They're just as complacency as that seasoned rep that's out working. So we got to move our managers along to really focus on our middle level folks and help them, help them. And that part of that discussion is quota. Part of the discussion is saying, hey, you got a quota this year and then having the rep stand up for that number and then holding them accountable. But then what? Call them every month and say, you're short of quota, you're short of quota, you're short of quota. No, that's not value. Value is helping them build their top 25. Value is helping them with samples and going into their accounts and coming to the territory and spending time in those key account customers and finding ways to penetrate the customers. All right. Num- all right no- so number one, JDI. Number two, know thyself. Number three? Yep. Number three is create a positive buzz about you. Create a positive buzz about you. And that is when, and you know it, when we get together at national sales meetings with our reps, that those A reps, those certain reps have this buzz about them. I see them in the clinics when I'm in there. You walk in, there's everybody's like, whoa, hey, what's going on, Joe? Good to see you. Hey, Tammy, thanks for coming back, man. We miss you. You know, they got this positiveness about them. People think they're positive. The, the atmosphere is lightened when, they're, when they come in. Instead of walking in and, oh, hey, yeah, I got to go call on you today. I got to do this. I got to do that. It's just negative, negative, negative. Create this positive buzz about you, and it becomes contagious, and people want to be a part of it. Number four is challenge your prospects. I don't know if you guys read the Harvard study on, on the types of sales reps that are out there. Totally enlightening to me. For all my career, I thought the relationship selling was the best way to go because I wanted everybody to like me. I'm going to go out and get people to like me. If they like me, then I had the courage. I can ask them for the business. Sometimes in a little whisper, can I have your business? And they would say, yeah, Fred, you're a great guy. Here, you can have our business. When I learned the difference between a challenge rep and a relationship rep, and a challenge rep looks at their customer, understands that their customer knows you're selling to them and challenges them. Tell them, I think I've earned the right for your business. And here, let me show you why. And it's this whole difference. And, I, and to me, the challenge reps are significantly more successful. Now, you've got to do it in a way that you're also liked, right? You can't go in there and get kicked out. Although I've seen some of those successful reps. Buy from him because I just want to get out of here. But, you know, challenge your prospects. Challenge your customers. Challenge them to buy your products. And look at that. It's, it's a great study. I, I got, can't remember the book that came out of it. Um, but if I remember it, I'll shoot it over to you guys. It's a great the challenger. Book. Challenger sales, I think is what it called. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and, and this is, this is funny because it it won't be edited in the podcast. I'll have taken out the first part, but Fred, you were asking about my sales pitch and I gave it to you. And for some reason you didn't like my sales pitch being just wait for the next guy to die. Uh, (laughs) Your, your response was no, you need to earn it. And uh, I think that goes along what you're talking about here, you know, challenge prospects rather than, huh, I'm just going to be the last man standing. Yeah, I mean that helps that helps folks in that move to that A level and helps them understand where they are, know thyself, be understood. Um, number five is believe in the opportunity. 
um, when when we're first starting, we build our map board, we build our everything we do, territory blueprint, we look at a number of doctors, look at a number of facilities, and we create this this number, right? This is this is what franchises do, and franchises you're gonna put they they put you on a corner and they tell you how many cars drive by and how many people with the income, average income of the house, households, all this stuff. They give you this data and say, Hey, look, if you do a great job, this store's worth this. I want our reps to look at their territories like a business. So I want them to look at it and say, look, if you were the only sales rep out here and every customer only had one phone number and you got every dollar of business, what would that be? And everybody knows it's an unrealistic, unattainable thing. But isn't it shocking to you to think that your, your successful career is operating with 10% of the revenue potential that's in this territory? And so keep going, brother. Keep going, girl, because you got all of you what you need going forward in your backyard. So believe in the opportunity. Don't ever forget the opportunities. That's number five. Number six, focus as a business person. You've heard me say this time and time again, is uh, if you think that you've got a job as a sales rep, then that's what you got as a job. If you'll refocus and start to consider it as a business and look at it as like a business, your behavior changes because it's your business. You know, I had this thing called the popcorn theory. When, when I had my own company, I had a popcorn machine for the patients when they came in. And inevitably, every day, all day, there's popcorn on the floor. And as a business owner, I would walk by and pick up the popcorn. But my employees wouldn't pick up the popcorn. It's really strange because at one point, I brought on two folks from within my company and gave them ownership. And guess who started picking up the popcorn? And so ownership means something. Owning your own business means something. Look at your territory like you own the business. It changes when you're down 5%. It's not the company you work for's business. It's your business. When you start thinking like that strategically and you start looking at it that way, things change. So focus your territory like it's a business. I think that's especially true for the seasoned rep. Ownership. Recognize that you are the franchisee. This is your responsibility. And I think that's a significant point. Because as a seasoned rep, I think you're looking for where do I go now? This is getting harder. I'm spending all this time. I'm spinning my wheels. I'm working harder, making less money. Something's got to change. And I think that's that might be the big missing piece is you're not seeing it as your business. And you have the opportunity to grow the business. And I then then you go back to what you're saying, all the fundamentals of building your map. And I I think that's a key component. You're right, Mike. And I think the when some of those reps have been around a long time, and particularly the ones that were back in what we you know, some of us seasoned folks might say is the glory days, right? So if you're repping, you're part of the glory days where there were in our business through consolidation, there's few and fewer opportunities that exist, but they're better and bigger opportunities. Mm-hmm. And so back then we looked at the territories. And by the way, I hate when people say back then and start telling me their stories from back then. But here's a story about that. <laughs> back then. I was able to go call in 10, 15, Yeah, every day. You can't do that anymore, right? And so to me, going forward, it became, I mean, like you said, it's just not the same. I can't. But then I hire a new kid and I say, look at these. You got five of these clinics and each one's got 50 doctors. And he says to me, you mean I only got a call on those five? And so it's perspective. Yeah. And so yeah. change your perspective. Rethink. And I love the idea of going back to thinking when you were young again. And I, I wish I could do it physically I mean, with my workouts. Uh, I wish I could work out. 
and then do it with my old workouts, <laughs> right? Go back to how you work out. So number number seven is it's it's on, on my uh PowerPoint, it's just spelt out S H H H H H S, right? And it's this concept of of create some quiet around you and help yourself stop the noise. Now, there's a lot of different ways to do this. For me, it's being on a river fly fishing. It's very, very important to me. It's been important to me my whole career when the proverbial stuff started hitting the fan that I go take some time. And for me, this time was very important because it, it, it allowed me to clear my mind of all the noise that was happening. It, you know, the, the problem a lot of us reps have is our thoughts, right? We're, we're, we spend so much time thinking about the past or the future. And it just clogs our brain. The best way I can give you an example, we can't focus on something immediate because there's so much noise from the past and the future, right? And so in order for us to free our brain, brain we got to figure out a way to strategy to do that. I'll give you the best example. When you're driving down the road, for those of you listening to this podcast, did you feel yourself the last 10 minutes not hearing a lot of the podcast? And if you haven't heard a lot of the podcast, it's the noise that's in your head. It's all those thoughts that are going on. I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking about that. I got the podcast on. I'm listening to the podcast. But I'm like, oh, what did they say? Because I'm worried and I'm frustrated. I'm thinking. And so eventually that noise goes away and you dial into your podcast and you enjoy yourself and you enjoy that podcast. And it brings you fruit. And it brings you opportunity. And it brings you enlightenment. It brings you things to think about and consider. When that brain gets there, that's when you grow. And so. If you're that rep that, that allows those thoughts to control you, go find some shh time and figure out how to open your mind up and then allow all this stuff to come in. And so I beg my reps to go take some shh time. Now it's a joke. Hey, how would you this weekend? Oh, I took my shh time. How's your shh time? <laughs> I hear this all the time. Um, number eight, and I know I've got to press a little bit here. Number eight is ask for the business, right? That's a sales absolute. I think that's probably one thing we've all heard over and over and over again. But what I encourage reps to do is, like, you'll hear a lot of times, you got to ask six times. Most, rep, you know, most people don't buy until the fifth or sixth time or whatever. I just say, at, find five ways to ask for the business. Your own ways. Just find five ways to ask for the business and write them down. And just, just memorize them. And have them related to each one of your stories. We go back and talk about building stories for sales reps. Have them related to your stories. And five fine ways to ask for the business. And when the opportunity presents itself, pick one of those ways and ask for the business. That's number eight. Number nine is love them to death. And, and people get hung up on this a little bit because in, our, in my business particularly, there's a lot of folks that we struggle with that we have to sell to, that are, that are in charge of certain departments or they're, they're, they're very anti-sales rep. They, they, they want to fight us in every way. And so when I'm walking into those accounts and I have a rep start to describe this person to me, what happens is we are now in a negative funk walking up to this clinic because we know we're going to get to meet somebody who doesn't like us. And so I challenge them to say, I want you to fall in love with that person. I want you to fall in love with that person. Never speak negative about them again going forward and watch what happens. And I want you to think of one or two things that you can ask that person unrelated to our business every time you see them. 
one or two things about them. And I want you to engage them on a completely different, even if you make a single trip to come out here and say, Joe, I came out here just because I think your daughter plays soccer at the soccer field where my daughter, did I see you out there last week? Yes, you did. Great. I just want to make sure that was you. How's your daughter doing? Right. Fred, you're such a better person than I am because I, I would probably either pass them off to a sales assistant or hand them off to a coworker. (laughs) It's the easy thing to do, Scott. And I tell you, yeah. Or, or, or if they're really, really annoying, then I'm actually going to call up my competitor and say, Hey, you should reach out to this person. They're expecting your telephone call. I love it, Scott. I think that uh, we all use that strategy every now and then because it doesn't matter. Sometimes if you love them to death, it just doesn't help. But it does change perspective. It does give you an opportunity to rethink about the the, the, the situation. And, and I use that because it's often the excuse that I hear from reps all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Is that I can't get in that account because that person doesn't like me. And as I teach my kids, if your teachers don't like you, it's your fault. It's not your teacher's fault. And so if that person doesn't like you. Let's figure out a strategy to get them to like you. Fall in love with them, but you have to be lovable to do that. Number 10, be sales tough. And for those of us that have been selling for a while, what this means is I know you got to work late. I know you got to get up. I know you got a four hour drive. I know you got to do this. I know you're a sales manager. You're on a plane. It's midnight. It got canceled. I know you're, the plane's full. I know that you, you know, all this stuff. Be sales tough because sales tough makes you stronger, makes you feel better about yourself. Sales whiner, on the other hand, brings you down and it brings all the people around you. We know what it takes to be an A rep. You know what it takes to be an A rep. Along the way, there's a lot of issues you got to overcome. Be sales tough. Keep that stuff to yourself. Let people, they know that you drove four hours. They understand that. But if you've got to have a conversation about it, let's keep that to ourselves. Be sales tough. Number 11 is be lucky. It's okay. But you've heard this, you've heard this story before. It's, it's when our preparation meets opportunity. I love nothing better than when somebody calls me and says, hey, my customer's moving into your territory. We work at the same company. He loves these products. Well, then I'm lucky today, aren't I? I've got a great opportunity. And so I'm prepared. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go in and take this opportunity and grow on it. But be lucky. Understand that that's okay. It's a big part and of And don't be uh, afraid my- to celebrate the luck. One of my biggest challenges that I have is I don't celebrate when I get lucky. And, and then I look back and I was like, oh, I really should have celebrated that victory, even though it was like, luckily happened. I still should take time to celebrate the lucky wins. Celebrate Absolutely. them. They're part of it. And it's, it's kind of shocking that, that the more successful you are, the more those lucky things find their way towards you. Right. Yep. Because, because of, because you were nice to, Joe at that clinic and Joe is moved to another clinic and said, Hey, the real reason why I didn't like you at the last clinic is because we were on contract or whatever, but I'm not on contract now. So I want to use you. Well, that makes me feel kind of lucky because he moved over there, but it really was luck because of how I handled Joe. Now, if I handled Mm -hmm. Joe differently and Joe moved to a different facility, which this just happened to us in our company, by the way, from Colorado all the way down to Tampa Bay. And so um, we have the opportunity to do business with somebody. And my rep feels very lucky. That's good. Well, I think that ties back into your number two or number three. I mean, doesn't it? To create a positive buzz about yourself. That that ties in. Last two, um, not necessarily a lot about sales. And you can see a lot of these aren't about sales, right? They're not sales specific absolutes. Number 12 is be thankful to everybody. 
And, and along the path, we forget. I forget. Um, when I turned, when I had my birthday this year, I got a birthday wish on LinkedIn from one of my regional managers, uh, Pat Patterson, who was instrumental during that uh, retro training, if you will. If you guys remember calling me mm-hmm. back because if I didn't do better, I'm fired. Instrumental in teaching me how to look at my territory as a business. And uh, I, I, I was gushy when he sent me a birthday thing. So I go on this long response to him. God, I just want to thank you so much for what you did for me. And it's just uh, here it is 30 something years later. And I'm so thankful that you did that. And I was so appreciative of it. And, you know, I, I think it's important along the way. We have so many people that help us, customers, uh, uh, mentors, sales managers. I think it's important to be thankful for those people and understand that uh, they're there for you to help you show some gratitude for that. Uh, number 13, the last one is give back and give back uh, is very personal. It should be how and where and when and what you want to do. Uh, it could be uh, spending time with a young sales rep. It could be seeing some sales rep in a clinic, maybe a non-competitive product, going up to them and saying, hey, bud, I've been doing this 20 years. Tell me how it's going. You know, give back in our industry. Our industry is is one that can create extremely uh, fruitful, profitable opportunities for individuals. And if you're one of those individuals, uh, give back. Give back to this process. Give back because, again, where I've told you guys, I get my juice from helping these reps get out of their ruts, from helping these reps learn the business, from helping these reps take this on as a business and having them see them successful. And over 30 years, I love to see all the different folks we've had a chance to impact uh, out in the uh, business world succeeding. And to me, that that feels real good. And I love that opportunity. So those are my 13 absolutes. You should feel pretty well juiced right now because you've definitely helped us and given back a lot. <laughs> this has been amazing. <laughs> well, I, I love doing it, you guys. And I know I'm very noisy and I talk a whole lot and I don't leave a lot of room for anybody else. Um, but again, thanks for the stage, Mike. Thanks, Scott. I really appreciate you guys for, for having me on the show. Thank you so much, Fred, for joining. It was great. Yeah, it's been fantastic. And I, I I think it's very valuable information, both for the new reps that are starting and as we talked about, even for a seasoned rep. I, I think you can take each of these 13 bullet points and break it down specifically for them very easily. And it's great information for yeah. new reps coming up. I also love the past. You know, what not to do? Um, as a, You know, what does the average or underperforming rep do? I mean, that list is another incredible list. Like, Fred, this is some great information. I'm glad you guys like it. I, you know, I, 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 over the, the course of the years, I've built these PowerPoint presentations. And I've, I've got them up. You can tell I'm cheating off my PowerPoints because certainly uh, uh, I need that, that trigger to remind me what the next conversation is. But uh, then I'm capable of speaking on it because I, I've lived it. I love it. And I want to do more of it. I want to be in front of people to have an impact. It means so much to me. That's awesome. Fred, it's so nice to be in contact with you. It's so nice meeting meeting you. You were you were great, really really good. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Guys, thanks so much. Take care. I'll be in touch. This is awesome. Bye bye.